Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you'd like to check out this week's stories for yourself, you can head over to blog. LGBTHealthLink.org, where you will find a written version of the roundup with links to all of the pieces. Let's jump in with our first story of the week, How IDs Matter for Trans Health. Reuters reported on a study led by Aiden Scheim finding that transgender and non-binary adults who have their preferred name and their correct gender marker on their identification were less likely than others to have severe psychological distress or experience suicidal thoughts or planning. The results show the importance of permitting transgender individuals to easily change their name and gender marker on IDs, as well as the importance of having a non-binary gender marker option for those who prefer to identify that way. Um, this is a really interesting study to me because I think it's intuitive to those of us who are transgender or non-binary or who work in this field that this is something that's really important to people and really important for being able to access health, for being affirmed, for not facing stigma and discrimination. And it's great to see a study that backs that up and that finds that, yes, there is a positive mental health association um, with having people you know, easily able to change those identifications to match how they, how they really identify. Next up, COVID-19 and HIV. The CDC published Frequently Asked Questions, or FAQs, about how COVID-19 can affect people living with HIV. While they say that it's currently unknown if people living with HIV are, um, in general, at higher risk for COVID-19 infection, they do say that those who have low CD4 counts or who are not currently on HIV medication are those who generally are more susceptible and who suffer more from viral respiratory infections. So pretty strong indicator there that for folks who do have low CD4 counts or who are not in treatment for HIV infection are you know, possibly going to be more susceptible to suffering from COVID-19. They also note that both HIV and COVID-19 come with stigma, um, and you know there there's a potentially really um, powerful and um, you know scary uh, intersection there for folks who are living with HIV, you know who may be confronting the pandemic. Um, they already have one stigmatizing um, illness and could could have another one. And you know the CDC says that on the other hand, there's a lot that people who are responding to COVID-19 can learn from people who are living with HIV who have been addressing that stigma in their daily lives. Um, so, you know, the CDC kind of put a, a positive spin on it there that, you know, there's a lot that we can learn from folks who are living with HIV that they can share with their communities about the importance of combating stigma in public health. Our next piece looks at opioid use among trans girls and women. Researchers led by R.G. Rustar examined opioid use among transgender girls and young women, and they found that 11.8% had used prescription opioids for non-medical purposes at some point in their lives. Risk factors for using opioids, including soaking cigarettes and having a sexual orientation other than heterosexual, gay, lesbian, or bisexual. In other words, uh, you know, maybe a sexual orientation of um, pansexual, um, asexual, you know, queer, um, something that, you know, was not heterosexual, gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Now, they say that, you know, they didn't measure why this was the case in the study, but they said that it could be due to added minority stress or reduced social cohesion among those youth. 
Our next story looks at queer women and mammograms. A new study led by Austin Williams found that sexual minority women were less likely to obtain mammograms as part of our regular screening process, and instead were more likely to receive mammograms because of an identifiable problem already existing. That's when compared to heterosexual women. They also found that compared to heterosexual women, queer women used less preventive care in general. The results are concerning because, as we all know, finding cancer earlier uh, can really make a big difference in the outcome of that diagnosis. So the fact that, you know, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual women seem to be uh, waiting longer, waiting until they already have a problem to get a mammogram, receiving less preventive care in general, that's all really uh, concerning. Next up, orgs oppose blocking trans health. HRC shared a letter from child welfare organizations representing a total of 7 million professionals who serve children nationwide. Uh, The letter condemned policies that have been emerging around the country lately um, that attempt to ban gender-affirming care for transgender youth. The organizations say that banning access to this type of care puts at risk the very youth who they are charged with protecting. HRC says that this type of care, um, gender-affirming care, is critical to youth development uh, and to their overall well-being. And finally for this week, learn about queer health from your couch. A lot of us are finding ourselves at home a lot more than usual these days um, with stay-at-home orders or just recommendations that people work from home um, with universities and schools closing. So um, it's nice to find some positive things that we can do with our time um, from the comfort of our own home. And one of these things uh, is webinars and learning opportunities. So the National LGBT Health Education Center um, published a schedule of upcoming webinars that they have going on um, that are still ongoing despite the pandemic. Um, There's um, some on prep, sexual wellness, caring for intersex patients. Um, It's a great opportunity to learn something about LGBTQ health um, while you're kind of at home um, during, you know, a a scary moment for us all. They also have a whole library of on-demand webinars from the past that you can check out. So um, again, you can go to our our blog um, at blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find the link or just search for National LGBT Health Education Center and you will find their resources. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thank you for listening. Stay well out there, and we'll talk to you again next week.